I make sure I'm unmuted. I think I am. Brian, how you doing? Um, Sunday night's game, the secondary really seemed to have a, a very solid performance, especially coming down and supporting the run. What was your impressions of how things did? And I think you might be on mute. Sorry, my, my fault. Like, you got me? Yeah. Um, thanks, Tom. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought the guys competed. I think um, we missed too many tackles. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, look, the it all needs to be better. Um, you know, we, we obviously didn't do enough. Sunday night to to win. So um, I'd say run game, pass game, it all all needs to improve. I'm going to ask a light follow. You ever seen your brother make those faces before? I mean, you guys have probably competed a million times. I mean, it, it, is that unusual? Is that is that normal Steve operation when he's concentrating? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's normal, <laughs> nor Robert, but he's you know. He's just, I wouldn't read too much into it. He's focused, you know, um, you know, locked in. Probably wasn't even thinking about what he was doing. It was just, you know, but he, um, I thought he, thought he did a great job uh, Sunday, but I did, I did get a kick out of some of the, you know, some of the memes and stuff. All right. Thanks. Thanks for playing along on that. Thanks, Tom. Next question, Phil Perry, followed by Bob Sosa. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Hey, Phil. Do you view guys like um, Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar almost as as linebackers and, and safety bodies? Just, you know, watching the game uh, back yesterday, there was one play. It was the um, Ronald Jones touchdown run in the third quarter where they had a lot of big bodies on the field. And, um, and you guys had, I think, three safeties out there. But do you feel like you can just use Phillips and Duggar as as linebackers almost in situations like that? I wouldn't say that I think of them as linebackers, but I would say that we, you know, most of the time, um, you know, me and Mike talk about the DBs as being one group, and that is largely the truth. I would say, though, that the the safeties are more involved in the run game than the corners just by necessity of being closer to the uh, closer to the formation most of the time. Uh, now, sometimes the corners are involved in that as well, you know, when there's tight splits formations and um, they have to be very aware of it as well. And that's why we um, talk about the run game as a group, you know, so that we're all on the same page on that. But I would say um, I don't see the line, the safeties as linebackers, but they need to understand what the linebackers do and they need to understand how they fit into the run game because it happens um, quite often, you know. And I don't think, you know, we'd be doing our job coaching the safeties if, you know, they weren't aware of, of how they fit into the run game and how, you know, they can be most effective play to play, which, you know, there's plenty of runs out there. Um, so to answer your question, I don't see them exactly the same as a linebacker, but they, um, 
they need to understand how to, you know, how to be a part of the run game most effectively. Got it. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Uh, next question, Bob Sosi, followed by Evan Lazar. Hi. Thanks, Stacey. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Brian, sometimes you guys face, you know, jung jumbo packages and extra tackle out there eligible, a couple of tight ends. In this game against Houston, maybe you're going to face a lot of three tight ends out there. It seems like they like to use uh, 13 personnel. What are the factors that uh, you know, go into how you defend those formations in particular, you know, when you have three guys that are probably more apt to be pass catchers, like three tight ends, as opposed to, you know, that extra tackle who's out there? Uh, I'd say, you know, you always have to be aware of the eligibles, regardless of who they are exactly. Um, you know, that's just sound defense, you know. Uh, we got scored on a tackle eligible play uh, against Buffalo whenever that was last year, year before or something. So, um, you know, you always have to be aware of the eligibles. Um, you know, but however you match it up, like safeties, linebackers, whatever, I'd say that's week to week where um, we see what they do at a certain personnel groups and try to um, defend it the best we can, you know, week to week and see how it fits into the rest of our plan, you know. Um, so it varies, I would say. Next question, Evan Lazar, followed by Andy Hart. Hey, Brian, how you doing? How's it going? It's going well, thanks. Uh, so I wanted to ask you um, if you could just kind of Explain the process of, you know, Miles is on the practice squad, um, but he had a huge role in the game on Sunday night. So when you guys kind of make the decision that he's going to play such a featured role, uh, how does that kind of go to then take him off his practice squad responsibilities, maybe scout team or whatever it ends up being, to putting him in the game plan and, and putting him in the defense? I would say, you know, that situation – illustrates um, how hard it can be, how hard of a role it is for practice squad guys at times where they, you know, are asked to do a lot of things during the week um, related to giving looks for the other team and stuff. Um, but they're also asked to keep up with our, with our defense. And, you know, really, once we get into the regular season, that's, you know, being up to date on our plan for the week, um, regardless of what their role is, you know, in practice or, you know, what they anticipate their role is going to be in the game. Because the truth is during the week, they don't know, you know, no, none of us know exactly how it's all going to play out. You know, someone could go home and um, get hurt, you know, by some freak accident or something, and then they have to be ready to go. Um, so, I think it just – I think that situation with Miles, and I'm not saying that, you know, that that's what happened, that there was some random accident or whatever. I'm just saying that, you know, he was able to go because he was keeping himself up to date on what we did as a defense, and he works really hard at, you know, just everything, whether it's his play on the field, working on getting better, whether it's um, his, you know, mental um, – working on studying our stuff or studying the opponent, you know, he 
he's very dedicated on that stuff and it pays off and it made the transition form up to the game seamless because he's been in tune with what we're doing. Um, and that's something I really respect about those, those guys that are in that role is that they have to sacrifice a lot for the team in giving um, looks for the opponent, but they also have to keep up to date with what we're doing, which is, which is a tough position. Got it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Next, question. Next question, Andy Hart, followed by Dakota Randall. Hey, Brian. Um, I know this probably doesn't fall into your job description necessarily, but you're the, the defensive coach we're talking to this week. Um, we've seen some substitution issues the last couple of weeks, 10 guys on the field, 12 guys on the field. Just wondering, you know, what the, is there a common thread with those? What the focus is on cleaning that up? How you guys go about cleaning that up? Yeah, it's just something that's unacceptable, obviously. And, um, you know, there's not, not much to say about it. I think we all know that it's, that it's unacceptable and there's no excuses for it to happen. And we all need to know, you know, our, you know, who needs to be on the field, regardless of the group or, you know, the situation or whatever. Um, that's something that we, you know, everyone expects us from 100% of the plays. And if it's on 99% of the plays, then that's unacceptable. So we just need to, we need to get it right. Last question, Dakota Randall. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Um, I know you guys want to move past all the Brady stuff, but I, I do have one more. Uh, you told that really cool story last week about when you were a kid playing catch with Brady. Did you get a chance to see and talk with him at all Sunday? And just sort of your, your final thoughts about what it was like going up against him after spending all those years with him. I, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I saw him uh, briefly pregame. He just, you know, he just kind of said, high across the field, but, um, you know, it was, it was cool to see him, um, in person before the game, just, you know, just having not seen him in a long time, obviously, uh, relative to seeing him every day for 20 years or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, once the game, even in the pregame was, you know, we were both, everyone's focused on, you know, winning the game. And then obviously once the game starts, then it's, it's uh, certainly um, you don't really think about Montreal is trying to win the game. Cool. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you, Brian. Thanks, everyone. Josh McDaniels will be next.